In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As Father Matt mentioned, I'm Nancy Nethercott, missionary in residence here at the table and honored to be part of the preaching team, especially for this World Mission Sunday. The collect for today uh, that we read uh, a moment ago begins with igniting our imagination and anticipation for the promise of Christ's ascension and then Pentecost, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will reveal the way of eternal life to every race and nation. And then the collect continues as we petition God to pour out this gift anew on us today, that by the preaching of the gospel, salvation would reach to the ends of the earth. Pentecost and World Mission Sunday both have at their core the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that every race and nation would worship the Lamb. And then the collect, like most others, ends assuring us that our Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is the one through whom this will all take place. Yes, there's a plan and an invitation to be a part of God's purposes by telling people everywhere about Christ. And as we read in the Ascension narrative in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, but the fulfillment of the plan is not up to our endeavors, but through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. When I was a sophomore in university, I attended a triennial missions conference called the Urbana Missions Conference with the theme that year of declare his glory among the nations and engaging with um, speakers like John Stott and Elizabeth Elliot. My mind and my heart were opened to a world that I had been oblivious to for the previous 18 years. Though I had lived in Japan as a child when my father was stationed there in the Navy, and had become a Christian and was baptized there, I didn't have an interest in the spiritual state of the Japanese people. I'm not sure that at 19, I had much concern about anyone's spiritual state. But as I attended workshops and large group events, talked to missions recruiters, and prayed with 17,000 other students, God opened up my eyes and heart to see that he loves the peoples of the nations, the people that he created, and his heart is that all peoples would come to know and follow him. The final event of each Urbana conference is a call to say yes to whatever, whenever, wherever. And everyone's given a little piece of paper um, at the ex ed with those words on it and a place to sign it. Um, they were collecting these papers at the exit doors, but I didn't turn mine in. I needed to pray about this. I wasn't gonna get this wrong to commit myself to something that I maybe couldn't fulfill. I was a little worried about asking God, about God asking me to do something that I couldn't do well or, or didn't want to do. Well, I was more than a little worried. I was fearful. So taking home the paper, I spent time in prayer about this commitment. And I soon realized that it wasn't a commitment to foreign missions or to any one thing in particular. It was a commitment to being a Christian, to living missionally, because God calls each one of us to a unique ministry and just asks us to be willing to say yes to God, to whatever, whenever, wherever. So I signed the little paper and tucked it in my Bible, actually 
this little Bible from Urbana Missions Conference. I don't know where the paper went, but I still have that little Bible. And I tucked it in there and just received in place of fear, I received good news. That is the good news we proclaim today, that we don't need to fear saying yes to God because the same God who calls us into loving relationship is the one who sends us saying, as you go, I will go with you day after day after day, whatever you're doing, whenever and wherever you are. So I headed back to university. I sensed a desire to be a part of kind of a soup kitchen outreach, but it was actually a curry kitchen, um, working alongside Sit Home, Sit Home, an Egyptian Christian who cooked curry every Saturday and opened up a cafeteria space near the University of Minnesota as a way to engage Muslim students from various countries in spiritual conversations over good food. I cooked all morning every Saturday for about three months and then watched from the safety of the kitchen as others engaged the Muslims, mostly men, who had come to eat. But then sit home after about three months, encouraged me to go out and sit with people. Well, I was scared to death. What would I say? What did I have to say to these people who I didn't know at all and whose culture and religion I didn't know at all? But trusting that God had brought me to this place for something other than just cooking, I stepped out to just become friends and then spent Saturday afternoons for the rest of the year sitting with lovely people, listening to their stories as they ate, just being the light of Christ, the aroma of Christ in their midst. As I went about my time at school, I kept asking God, who is in my life today and that you want me to be aware of? Give me your eyes to see them and your heart to love them. I was just practicing being open to and getting in the habit of trusting God to be able to say yes to what God had for me in everyday life. And it wasn't until several years later that God opened up the path for my from my Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, my familiar home surroundings, and asked me to say yes to going to what was for me, the ends of the earth, to Japan. But that's another story for another time. Our Genesis reading, <laughs> sorry, Joel, <laughs> our Genesis reading this morning reminds us that Abram sort of signed a commitment like this one that I did at Urbana as he trusted God and was willing to go where God sent him. Abram was likely the first foreign missionary as he left his country, stepping out of his comfort zone and following God's leading with the ultimate outcome of God blessing all the families of the earth through his obedience. I can only imagine Abram's level of fear as he packed up his family to journey with God into the unknown. But God had invited him into loving relationship and made a promise to guide Abram as he obeyed God. It was out of that place in relationship to God that he trusted that Abraham could say yes, even as he likely had doubts and fears. And then David's prayer in our Psalm passage gives us that eschatological viewpoint of all the nations worshiping God and glorifying God's name. The Psalmist affirms that God is great and performs great miracles, that God is kind, that he alone is God. He alone can accomplish the plan for all creation to worship and praise God's holy name. 
John's vision in Revelation 7-9 of a vast multitude from every nation, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, emphasizes for us that it is God's desire to see all the nations, all of his creation, worship him, and that this will take place. And God invites us to get excited about that with him. We will be a part of that vast multitude. That's where our true citizenship lies, not here on earth, not in America. In a recent Christianity Today interview, Paul Miller stated that, quote, when we're in church, we're celebrating our citizenship in a different polity in the kingdom of heaven, which is a kingdom that includes all peoples drawn from every people, language, and nation on earth, end quote. This was John's vision for the future. And we live now with hope and anticipation, being invited into participation to the Missio Dei, the mission of God, which has always been to call all the peoples of the earth to right worship. And we're invited into that mission. We each have a unique place in the Missio Dei. Jesus' words to the disciples in this Matthew passage, typically known as the Great Commission, was not meant for only a select few, those who leave their own culture to, and to be in incarnational ministry among another people group, what we typically call a missionary. No, this passage is for all of us. It's not just about what we do or where we are, but it's about a willingness to trust that the God who not only loves all the peoples of the world, loves us individually with an everlasting love. And that God can be trusted no matter where we are or what we're doing. We don't need to fear saying yes to God because the same God who calls us into loving relationship is the one who sends us saying, as you go, I will be with you day after day after day. And the best part of this passage in Matthew is that Jesus' words, which are often translated, go ye therefore, or go therefore, in the Greek, and how the early church fathers and mothers interpreted it, actually means, as you go, assuming that you're already going, that you already are living life in community with others and building relationships of various sorts. So Matthew 28, 18 to 20, could read more like, as you go, preach, make disciples, and baptize and teach. But don't forget for one minute that you're not on your own. I will be with you. I will be with you day after day after day to the end. And Jesus didn't just leave the disciples and say, well, good luck with what I taught you. Hope it helps you. No, Jesus said, I got this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and I'm pouring it into you. So that as you go about your everyday lives, doing whatever, whenever, wherever, you can teach others the same things I've taught you. Things like be reconciled to one another, love your enemies, welcome children, welcome the foreigner, forgive, pray fast and give alms, but not in a way that calls attention to yourself. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And above all, love God and love your neighbor. And then Jesus tells the disciples to invite 
those people into the same relationship that they have with Jesus and the Father. But Jesus says, don't forget those who are different from you. Speak another language or maybe live far away. I love them too. So we need to keep our eyes and hearts open to how God might want us to engage with those in close proximity to us and to those who are far from us. You know, these disciples were still bewildered at what had transpired with Jesus' crucifixion and his death, and now his appearing to them as their risen Lord. And verse 17 in our Matthew reading says that when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Yes, some of those who had walked with Jesus for three years still had doubts and fears, even as they worshiped. And now they're sent to teach the world what Jesus taught. But this is also our mission. And we have a lot in common with the 11 who first received this call to mission. Like them, we might feel small and inadequate. Or maybe we feel ill-equipped to understand the culture and people that we're called to love. The disciples surely did. If we feel hostility and opposition to God's ways of love and justice, how much more did they? It seemed like an impossible mission that Jesus gave. It was. It is. Unless we attend to Jesus' final words of good news here. He says, remember, or behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And on top of that, we, on the other side of Pentecost, have the benefit of knowing that the Holy Spirit was sent to empower them and us to step into this impossible mission. We depend, we survive, we thrive, and we bless others because of the mercy and strength of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus' good news to the disciples is the same for us today. Don't need to fear saying yes to God because that same God who calls us into loving relationship is the one who sends us, saying, as you go, I'll be with you day after day after day. Recently, I've been paying attention to a level of fear that I'm noticing about the impact of saying yes to a ministry opportunity. I'm used to holding invitations out to the Lord uh, and asking which ones are mine to say yes to, and then often going somewhere to teach or train in person. Well, COVID has shut down all ministry trips for last year and this year, and probably for next year. So in response to that one mission I work with, um, asked me to make videos of teachings for the people group in Central Asia that we've been planning to be with in person to facilitate songwriting retreats. Well, then the mission leadership said they thought that was such a great idea that I should make the videos without one particular people group in mind, but more for a general audience so they could be used anywhere and lessen the amount of travel for all concerned. Well, sitting with my procrastination to making these videos, I realized that my fear was that in saying yes to this opportunity, it could likely mean that I wouldn't be traveling much of anywhere with this group ever again. I realized that for many people, saying yes to God in relation to the whatever, wherever, whenever, invitation holds a fear of actually having to go somewhere that doesn't necessarily they want to be a part of But for me, it withholds the fear of having to stay or not being able to go. 
And then realizing a deeper fear of long-term ministry being via Zoom and videos, not being able to be in person with people. I found myself believing the lie that my significance is dependent on being in person with people. For me, for many of us, that is bad news. So I'm embracing our good news that God loves me, God loves each of us, and our significance rests in him. And I'm inviting you to sit with me in the assurance that we can trust the leading and guiding of our loving God, like Abraham did. That God is with me wherever I go or stay, whether I made videos or teach in person. We often hear at the table, we are those who are known and loved by God. And as we behold the God who loves us and allow God to do his ruinous work in us, transforming us into the likeness of Christ, we don't need to fear saying yes to God and to the invitation to live as people of love as we go, whatever, whenever, wherever, remembering that the God who called us into that loving relationship is going to do through us what he's doing in us. Father Spencer recently wrote, quote, at the table, we believe that God meets us in our everyday normal lives. That's why our DNA groups don't aim to pull people out of their regular lives and into discipleship. Instead, our discipleship groups are geared toward growing our awareness of how God is present and at work in our day-to-day lives. Well, that sounds just like the kind of discipleship Jesus was sending the disciples out to engage in and is inviting us into. As you go about your everyday lives, I will be with you and at work in and through you, always. So I've been reflecting on ways our church has been living out this Sunday, ways that might have been or maybe still have times of doubt or fear or hesitation, but times that evidence trust in the work of the Trinity and the presence of Christ. So now I would like to invite you to just close your eyes and listen for a moment as I read some of these things that I've been seeing in our midst. Intentionally moving to Indianapolis to plant a church. Pursuing ordination to fulfill that mission. A number of families buying houses in close proximity to each other in the target church plant area and making friends in the area. Helping build a playground for children stuck on the border of our country. Being friends, good friends, with those who don't share our beliefs or values. Taking a stand for justice and truth. Opening homes and hearts to asylum seekers. Homeschooling kids during COVID. Teaching school so that kids can learn in person. Doing the hard work of becoming disciples of Christ through DNA groups. Praying as a church for the needs of the world around us. Taking time to learn how to walk in humility and love with those who are different from us in race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, language, or just personality. Repenting of our sins, both personal and corporate, in order to grow and heal. 
sharing financial resources with others inside and outside our church community, being the light of Christ, the aroma of Christ in places where we work, caring for the sick through medical and chaplaincy work, and so much more. So you can see that God is at work in and through us. May we continue to acknowledge our fears and doubts, trusting that we can say yes to God because that same God who calls us into loving relationship is the one who sends us, saying, as you go, I will be with you day after day after day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.